Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Down the blind, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and won. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast, answering another one of your questions that has been sent in on the Instagram story the other day. This one comes from Owen. He says, if you had a time machine, who would you keep in Rugby League? Falau, Hunt, or SBW? A very interesting one. Uh, Three absolute weapons that left our game far too early. Israel Falau, he obviously burst onto the scene for the Melbourne Storm back in the day. Fucking incredible when he first exploded on it. We just we hadn't really seen anything like Israel Folau before. I'm just getting up his stats now. But I believe he scored 20-plus tries <clears throat> in his first two seasons, which is unbelievable. So his debut season for the Melbourne Storm. He scored 21 tries. His second year, he scored 15. So what's that? 36 tries uh, from just over 50 games, which is pretty fucking incredible. Unbelievable stuff. Remember, he was a teenager when he came in. Unbelievable. Uh, won, what is it? He won like 84% of his games in those two years. Featured in two grand finals, winning uh, obviously in 07. Uh, 09 made his way up to the Brisbane Broncos and still did incredibly well up there. 2009 played 19 games, scoring 17 tries. And then in 2010, 20 games for 20 tries. So when you have a look at, you know, amount of games he played in correspondence to tries he scored, his worst season was 2008 with the Melbourne Storm, where, they, where he scored uh, 15 tries in 25 games. Now, for most guys, if you scored 15 tries in 25 games, that's a career high, realistically. For Izzy, uh, it was a career low, which is unbelievable. Um, you have a look throughout his entire career, played 91 games, scored 73 tries. And when you think about strike rate-wise, uh, the places that he had his best strike rate, I mean, at Melbourne, in that unbelievable side that was over the cap, 27 games, 21 tries, 25 games, 15 tries. <clears throat> Went to the Brisbane Broncos. He scored 17 tries in 19 games and 20 games in 20 games. So when you have a look at that, from 39 games to the Brisbane Broncos, he scored 37 tries. So you're going at just about a try game, which is un-fucking-believable. Just insane. Obviously, in a lesser team there. 
uh, that weren't as good as that Melbourne Storm side that he was in originally. So uh, Israel Flower, incredible stuff. Obviously played for the Queensland Maroons and for the Kangaroos as well. Uh, kept a pretty in- impressive try scoring rate up there for the Kangaroos. He played eight games and he scored six tries. Uh, scored two tries on debut. Um, the vast majority of his tries, in fact, every single one of his tries came against the Kiwis too. So he wasn't stacking up easy tries. I mean, he's got games against Papua New Guinea and Fiji that he didn't even scoring. So every single one of the tries that he scored was against, in my opinion back then, the best of the best, which was the Kiwi. So says it all about Israel Folau, an absolute freak. Uh, was the the Rookie of the Year in 07, was the M Centre of the Year in 08. Uh, he's, uh, he was an incredible talent, Israel Folau, and it was, uh, it was sad to see him go when he did. Obviously a big money offer that came in from the AFL ended up in Rugby Union, never quite returned um, to the NRL had a lot of controversies, obviously, uh, throughout his career. But when you just look football-wise, a tremendous player. He also played eight games for the Queensland Maroons and scored seven tries. So uh, very hard to knock the career of Israel Flower. He was only here for a small amount of time, uh, but fuck, he made an impact in that time. Pretty incredible stuff. He achieved essentially um, more than what you know, 95% of people achieve over a whole career. He achieved that in four years. So pretty crazy uh, the sort of footballer that Israel Folau was. All right, let's have a look at our next man. Uh, obviously, one of the absolute greats. We're just one of the all-time great footballers, one of the all-time great sportsmen, I'm willing to say. Uh, Sonny Bill Williams. This guy... Just incredible. I still remember when we saw him make his first grade debut. I think it was round one uh, of the 2004 season, I believe it was, maybe 03. I think it was 04, though, uh, when he played the Parramatta Eels and he was sort of jumping out at right centre, just doing incredible things. Just <laughs> He just did things that we hadn't really seen before. It was 2004, made his debut against Parramatta uh, in round one. They won 48-14. He killed it. He had a try, uh, and he set up a few others as well. That famous flick pass, he was just everywhere, SBW. They led at halftime, 36-0 in that game, off the back of a lot of his brilliance. First time we'd really seen this guy, um, and then by round three, he was back on the bench, and he played that role for this Canterbury side for the rest of the season, obviously featured in their grand final team, winning that year. Had a couple more years at the Canterbury Bulldogs. I think he'd be the first to admit that he potentially got a little bit lost there for a while. And then suddenly in 2008, he just disappears, gets on a plane. Um, <clears throat> I believe it was France that he went to, went and played rugby over there. We didn't see him uh, for another five or six years in the wilderness. A lot of hate from uh, a lot of rugby league fans. But then when he came back with the Roosters, uh, he came back for a two-year stint in 2013-2014. And just like his first ever year in first grade, came back in 2013 for the Roosters. Uh, started off the bench, then eventually made his way into the back row. Played a little bit in the halves throughout the season as well. Uh, but then obviously locked himself down on that right edge for the Sydney Roosters. Uh, SBW on the right, Boyd Corner on the left. Fucking unbelievable, crazy stuff. Sorry, I I actually think Boyd was playing... Um, I think Boyd was actually playing lock forward in that team. But to have both of those back rowers, some of the greats ever in that team, simply incredible. And SBW, fuck, he had an impact on this 2013 side. He was sort of the, the last piece of the puzzle that I think allowed them to win the premiership and on, in the grand final. He had a pretty bang average first half. The second half, though, he absolutely killed it and showed his worth in that game. Uh, then went back, did his boxing, did his union, did all that. Came back to the Roosters in 2020. Didn't quite have the impact that we thought he would, to be honest with you. Uh, obviously, they made 
made it to the semi-final, losing to the Canberra Raiders uh, in that game there in 2020. But uh, yeah, didn't quite have the impact that we thought he would. Came back very late in the season. Obviously, it was the COVID season. There was a lot going on. Returned in round 17. Didn't quite give them the edge that they needed. They had obviously won back-to-back premierships as well. So it all probably got a little bit too much uh, too early for SBW coming back into that side with such limited prep. But uh, what an amazing career. And it is crazy to think about what he could have achieved if he would have stayed in the NRL. Uh, obviously played for the Kiwis as well. Played a number of tests for the Kiwis. 123 games of first grade, 42 tries. So when you're playing in the back row, pretty bloody impressive. When you, and you're also winning 61% of your games. That's a pretty good knock. 12 games for the Kiwis. An incredible talent, SBW. Absolute freak. Now let's have a look at our last one. And you guys know that I'm a huge fan of this guy. I actually had a little bit of a slip up with his name a couple of days ago, so I'm going to have to be very, very careful here because that scared the shit out of me. Carmichael Hunt, uh, one of my favorite players of all time, to be honest with you. So I probably am a little bit selfish on this. Obviously, Carmichael made his debut when he was 17 years old. Unbelievable. Made his debut for the Brisbane Broncos at fullback in round one of 2004 at the age of 17. Just incredible stuff. Um, you know, you've got to remember Carmichael, he left the NRL when he was about 22, 23. By that point, he'd won a premiership. He'd played 127 first grade games. He'd already played 10 games for the Queensland Maroons. He'd already played four games for the Kangaroos. He could just do it all, Carmichael, and I don't think he was anywhere near his absolute best. A freakish talent, went to the AFL, ended up in Union, ended up coming back to league, eventually returned to the Brisbane Broncos in 2021. Only played two games there. It wasn't an overly successful stint coming back, uh, but Carmichael was an incredible player, and I think people need to remember that there was a time there where he was keeping Billy Slater out of uh, out of the state of origin team, which is unbelievable stuff. I think it is, uh, what is it, game three, 2008. Uh, Carmichael Hunt starts at the fullback jersey. On the bench in jersey 16 is Billy Slater. So that's the sort of talent that this guy was. And yeah, I know what you're thinking. Billy Slater was really young then, blah, blah, blah. So was Carmichael. Yeah, they were sort of at similar points in their career. Carmichael played a few extra years, don't get me wrong. But considering that we think Billy Slater is the greatest fullback of all time, for Carmichael to keep him out of that team... Pretty bloody impressive. So, wild scenes there. Uh, He was obviously in that team with Israel Folau as well, that same Queensland team that we spoke about. So, they're two of the guys we're touching on here. Now, the question is, if I could bring one of them back, if I had a time machine, who would I bring back? Uh, Look... I think the obvious answer is probably Sonny Bill Williams, and I think a lot of people would say SBW. To be honest with you, and I know I've said this before and people get a little bit upset when you say it, for me, some people are just bigger than rugby league, yeah? Some people, I'm glad that Sonny Bill had the career that he had. I think that he is he is a larger-than-life, a larger-than-rugby-league sort of character. I am glad that he had the career he had, to be honest with you. I think that it's tremendous to have watched a guy that was able to jump from rugby league, rugby union, to boxing. Be, uh, sorry, I, I probably can't talk for boxing because I, I, don't, I don't fucking know anything about it. But rugby union, rugby league, to jump from both and just be one of the best in the world at both sports, to be able to come and go and just be the complete professional he was at all times. I actually loved watching the career of SBW. For him to win in his first year, be incredible. And like you go back and watch after the game, after that game, his his interview and everything, and the way he was carrying on, you can just see how much he, and I'm not saying that that's a negative at all, but you can just see the growth in this guy throughout his career. And I don't think we would have got the same SBW if he didn't have the experiences that he's had. He's done a lot of fantastic things. When you think about a guy walking out on a club suddenly, um, uh, as Australians, like that, that's really shit form. And, you know, we all hated SBW for a very long time. But I think 
what he's done over the last 10, 15 years has just been so impressive that it's so, it's hard to hate the guy, to be honest with you. He's the first one to admit he made mistakes, he made stupid decisions, etc. handled things very poorly. Uh, so I've got all the respect in the world for SBW. And, you know, the shoulder charge, obviously, will be part of rugby league history forever. I don't think we'll ever see anyone better at it. Well, we won't because you're not allowed to do it anymore, simply, essentially because he was just too good at it. So SBW... As much as I would have loved to have seen him play selfishly, as much as I would have loved to have seen him play his whole career, I actually love the narrative of SPW and what he did and what he achieved over you know such a long period of time, which in reality is a short period of time, just one career, what he managed to achieve. So <clears throat> selfishly, I would love to have had him here, but I'm happy with how the career of SPW played out, to be honest with you. I think he achieved unbelievable things. The other two boys, though. Uh, Carmichael Hunt, Israel Folau. Now, if you would, if you sit back and you say, okay, who had the more successful career? I think it, you have to say Israel Folau. Obviously, Izzy, he was incredible when he started at the Melbourne Storm, went to the Broncos, was great, went to the AFL. That was a bit of a shit fight. Then ended up in Rugby Union, and he was really successful um, for the Wallabies. There is no doubt about that. I think he won two John Eels medals. I don't follow Union all that closely, except for when there's league boys playing, essentially. So I watched quite a bit of Israel Folau, obviously representing the Wallabies. I thought he was great over there. Obviously, a lot of controversies in his career. I'm not going to get into those. We're talking strictly football here. Uh, But I think that despite Israel leaving, and I genuinely think that he could have really given um, that try-scoring record a really good go, the all-time try-scoring record. When you consider that Israel Folau, he had played... Well, he, he, he would have been 22 years old when he left, maybe 23. He'd already scored 73 tries, so he still had another 12 or 13 years to go in his career. You look at Billy Slater, you know, he finished very high up on that uh, try-scoring list, and realistically... He hadn't really got, like, he was in the ballpark, but his first four years, he, like, he did well. He scored 19 tries in his first year, 14 in his next, 20 in his in his next, then five in his fourth year. You have a look and compare that to, I'll just get the exact maths up, actually. I'll get my calculator out and have a crack at it. So, you got 19 plus 14 plus 20 plus five. So, in his first four years, Billy Slater, he scored 58 tries. When you have a look at Israel Folau and what he achieved in his first four years, he scored 20 more tries than what Billy Slater did, and he's right up there of all time. He scored 73, so what is it? 15 more tries, which is pretty fucking impressive, yeah? Pretty crazy what he managed to achieve. you got to remember Billy Slater was in the same Melbourne Storm team. Israel Folau, he changed teams and whatnot as well. Uh, so pretty crazy what, what Israel Folau could have achieved. But he did go to Rugby Union. He was very successful over there. Obviously controversies aside and everything, he was very successful. I think he really could have given the the most tries ever scored a shake. He'd, he'd also played 91 first grade games. So he would have got to 100 first grade games you know, halfway through his fifth season, which is unbelievable. And to think he, at that point, he would have only been 21, 22 or whatever. Uh, his career could have been in anything Israel. The one that I love though, and the other thing about Israel Folau is that I personally think he would have always been a center or a wing in rugby league. I'm not sure if he had the ability to shift into the fullback role. I know he did it in Union, but I think it's a very, very different kettle of fish, and people might disagree, people that watch Union a little bit more closer than, than I do, but I'm not sure if he would have been able to be uh, a an, an NRL fullback. I'm sure he could have played fullback in the NRL, but I don't think he would have been an elite fullback. A guy that I do think would have been an elite fullback is Carmichael Hunts. Now, obviously, his try-scoring stats and everything, they don't measure up to Israel Folau, and there is no doubt about that whatsoever. Uh, but Carmichael, he was just something else up there at the Brisbane Broncos. You could tell Wayne Bennett, he had a lot of respect for this guy. He absolutely loved him up there. To make your debut at 17 um, in first grade at fullback for the Brisbane Broncos, 
simply incredible. I mean, he was a big part of the reason why they decided, okay, we can probably afford to move um, the one of the greatest fullbacks ever, Darren Lockyer, to 5'8". So crazy stuff there. When you think about also, you know, like he started round one and round two of 2007 in the halfback role. So Wayne trusted him enough to move him and, and to play in the seven role in 2007, which is the third year of his career. He was only 19 or 20 at that point. So to start the season there, he played 5'8 on a number of occasions. Actually played um, five eight in a state of origin game as well in two thousand and eight game one he started there uh, played five eight a few times at the back end of his career as well but just an incredible player and I personally think that he eventually would have ended up being um, a five eight in the NRL I think that their plan would have been for him to eventually take over uh, from Darren Lockyer in that side you got to remember two thousand six he's playing fullback Wayne Bennett makes a shock decision to move Justin Hodges to fullback he moves to the wing does really well there as well plays the last four games of the 2006 season on the wing and it was once again was just a team guy was happy to fit in wherever I know that there's other things throughout his life and career where people go oh he was a dud he was a shit bloke blah 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 but I really do think that once he was taken out of league he was molded by other influences made poor decisions etc etc but I do think that if Carmichael Hunt would have stayed in the NRL I think he would have turned into an absolute weapon and selfishly he's the one that I actually would have kept I love watching him play you talk about threes on twos and who's the best at it. Darius Boyd was great at it. Billy Slater was great at it. Personally, I think Carmichael Hunt was the best at it. He had the perfect combination. He, he never missed a three on two. He could beat you with a pass every single time. He also had a kicking game, which, which he was developing at an unbelievable rate. He was the one that would get it on those three and twos. And if he couldn't get the pass to you, he dropped one of those curling grubbers that you see uh, Nathan Cleary do so well now. When you see Cleary do it, though, he gets it. He, he, he's got a few meters between him and the defense, and, and he uses a real open side to curl that ball right around. Carmichael, he used to get it off the fourth and fifth pass off a ruck. Uh, they'd be up in his face and he would just drop it on the toe and instead of using the open side, he'd do it down a short side and he would make that ball curl towards the winger over a five or six metre gap. He was an absolute freak, Carmichael. The kick returns he had, he was just too tough for his own good. He was tough as nails, Carmichael. So he's the one that I wish would have stayed in the NRL to be honest with you. You have a look at the tries that he scored at fullback. He played 132 first-grade games, scoring 54 tries, so at a pretty handy rate there. And as I said, I genuinely do think by the by the time Darren Lockyer was ready to retire, I think Carmichael Hunt would have stepped into that six jersey, and I think he would have played out his career there. As I've said on a number of occasions, I think that if Carmichael would have stayed in the NRL, it really does hurt the career of Billy Slater or Jonathan Thurston or potentially even Cooper Cronk, one of those guys. Because when all those guys came into origin and really started establishing themselves, Carmichael Hunt, he, he, he'd already left pretty much, yeah. He'd already opened that door. And he, he had his foot in the door first before all of those guys. So Carmichael Hunt, I think that if he would have stayed in the NRL, it would have changed the career of someone else. Because Carmichael would have stayed in that team. That Queensland Maroons team, they were incredibly successful. He was always part of it. He was always in there. I think eventually after Lockie retired, he would have become the 5'8 of the Brisbane Broncos under Wayne Bennett. So I think he would have been very successful there as well. So I just think he always would have stayed relevant in that Queensland team. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. 
potentially. He could have ended up being the 14. Uh, if so, it would have taken a long time for Cooper Cronk to get into that side, realistically. So another interesting sort of angle to look at it. But Carmichael Hunt, mate, if I could keep one of these guys in this team, in the NRL, if I could go back and get a time machine, I would bring back Carmichael for all those reasons that I've listed throughout this podcast. Because I personally think Carmichael could have been an absolute freak. Uh, and I, I think he would have been one of the best players in our game. And I know that sounds strange when you look at how his career played out and all the trouble he got in and whatnot. I understand that completely. Uh, but he was just something else, Carmichael Hunt. He had talent. He had ticker. He had it all. And I, I think he would have been a great, great rugby league player. One of, uh, I, I think that if he would have played out his full career there, I think at the Brisbane Broncos, we would have talked about him as one of the best that we've seen. I, I don't think he would have gotten the same sort of trouble if he stayed in league under Wayne Bennett. He could have followed Wade around potentially as well. We know that he, he, he was one of his boys. So you could have eventually maybe seen him go. Like, I, I often wonder that if Carmichael would have stayed um, in the NRL, I do wonder if potentially we would have seen him maybe become Darius Boyd's guy. Uh, so, sorry, if we would have seen him become Wayne Bennett's guy, a lot like Darius Boyd was. It's a really, really interesting one that I would have been keen to see how it played out. Obviously, Wayne had already left. He'd gone down to the Brisbane Broncos, uh, to the Dragons in 2009 uh, when Carmichael was still playing there. But I, I do think that that also had a big impact on him. Ivan Henjak came in that year. We've spoken to guys who are in that team, like Jarrell Yao Ye. Wasn't a fan, like they, they weren't overly happy with the situation they were in. And I do think that Wayne leaving the Broncos, I think it had a massive influence on Carmichael Hunt. I think it really hurt his career. Um, and I do think that if they would have stayed together, I, I think he could have been the Darius Boyd for Wayne Bennett. But uh, all hypothetical, all just something to think about. But I think we missed out on an unbelievable career in general uh, with Carmichael Hunt. Obviously, SBW, he went elsewhere and he was a gun. Israel Flower, he went elsewhere, he was a fucking weapon. Carmichael, he never quite hit the heights that I thought he would or that I anticipated that he would. So he's the guy that I would probably bring back. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com. <laughs>